Chapter 4. Time. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Proverbs chapter 22 verse 6. In matters of doctrine, you will find orthodox congregations frequently change to heterodoxy in the course of thirty or forty years, and that is because too often there has been no catechizing of the children in the essential doctrines of the gospel. Charles Spurgeon I cannot read the word, I cannot sing, I cannot pray without leaving some trace on the tender mind. How solemnly, how affectionately, how believingly should I then approach this ordinance? With how much godly fear and preparation! J. W. Alexander If parents are looking for a convenient time to schedule family worship, they may as well forget about the idea. Christianity is not a matter of convenience. It involves cost. Howard Hendricks This world is not our home. Hard things happen. Storms will come. But I love to see God equipping His little ones with His promises from the very beginnings of their lives, helping them know He is with them, helping them recognize Him coming to them. Sally Lloyd-Jones First, as touching the spiritual state of His family, He should be very diligent, doing His utmost endeavor both to increase faith where it is begun and to begin it where it is not. For this reason he should diligently and frequently lay before his household such things of God out of his word as are suitable for each particular. John Bunyan Family Discipleship Time Creating intentional time built into the rhythm of the family's life for the purpose of thinking about, talking about, and living out the gospel. Calendars and clocks have become gods to many in our culture. If not you, then surely someone you know is enslaved by their schedule. When you can't do what you should be doing because you feel compelled to do something less important that you believe you have to do, you might have a disordered relationship with your itinerary. Or maybe you have the opposite problem. Maybe you don't use your time wisely and prefer to waste your time by dedicating it to tasks with no beneficial or eternal significance. Is your life one of fruitless, leisured self-indulgence? Perhaps you ignore what the Bible says about making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 16 As you listen to this chapter, consider how you might find daily, weekly, or monthly opportunities to get your family talking about and living out the gospel together. In order to digest what we have to say about family discipleship time, you have to first believe that your clock and your calendar exist to serve you not the other way around, and that your time is a precious commodity to be invested wisely. In addition, you will have to accept that what we are talking about should jump to the top of your priority list if it is not already there. When you try to squeeze in some time for family discipleship between other commitments and are distracted by everything else you have going on, or if you make lazy passing attempts at discipling your children, Flying by the seat of your pants, whisper to yourself this reminder as you gather your family. This is exactly where you are supposed to be, and this is exactly what you are supposed to be doing. So be all here right now with your family and give it everything you've got. Family discipleship time is the regular gathering of your family for time in God's Word, in prayer, in worship, 
in conversation and in living out the calls of Scripture. It is the base strength of your overall discipling strategy. It can be semi-sporadic or every day. It can be always changing or stable for decades, but what your family discipleship time cannot be is non-existent. Family devotions, family worship, Bible story time, whatever you want to call it, it's an integral ingredient in family discipleship. While the timing and regularity might be different for every family and even shift as families enter different life stages, every Christian family should have some regular time to meet where the main purpose is spiritual growth. This is your family's foundation as well as reinforcement for discipleship, the bones that lend structure and organization to the meat of your child's training. But if you listen to this and fearfully think that your family must sit for 30 to 60 minutes in a circle in perfect, attentive bliss as you expound some deep theological tenet to their eager ears, please lower your expectations. While that may be your experience, more likely you will have a partially attentive, often resistant, and distracted audience that can manage a few minutes at a time of structured family devotions. Fight to get whatever you can, but let yourself off the hook for having a perfectly executed, long-form exhortation that always leaves your family wanting more. It is important to have realistic expectations, but not to give up altogether just because it may be less than perfect. Building time and God's Word together into your family's rhythms is one of the most critical aspects of family discipleship. Whatever you teach your children should be backed up by and saturated in the Word of God. Do you believe that the Bible is the Word of God? If the answer is yes, have you read it? If the answer is some of it, then you are like many others among us who claim Christ. We are glad you are listening to this book, but when it comes to leading your home, reading and knowing the heart of God as He recorded it in His Word is better by far. Our words and your words will pass away, but His never will. Paul calls the Bible sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15 The Word of God shows us who God is. It shows us who we are. And it shows us how we are to line our lives up with how God designed the universe to work. The Word of God beckons you to come and have a relationship with God regardless of your current situation. The Word of God is going to kick down the door of your heart, lay your family bare, discerning your family members' thoughts and intentions, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, and showing you the motives behind your actions. The Bible is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete equipped for every good work. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. God's word is wisdom to a people who would otherwise be susceptible to the dangers of leaning on their own understanding. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. It teaches us and reminds us what God promises. When Paul writes, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. He is talking directly to kids. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1. He is assuming that children will be reading or hearing the Word of God directly, not waiting to read or hear the Bible until they are considered adults. 
Family discipleship time is time right now to show your children what God has to say to them right now. Teaching God's Word to your children does not require a seminary degree. You do not have to be a theology wizard to lead your family. You can do this. In fact, you can teach your home about God as you learn about God. Spending personal time in His Word, listening attentively to sermons, navigating a catechism, and learning from other related resources can be a great lead-in to how you coach your family. What God is teaching you right now might be what He is equipping you to teach right now. You only have to be one step ahead on a path in order to show someone which way to go. You can even learn together as you read a few verses and ask simple questions like, If this is true, what does it change about us and how we live our lives? Don't underestimate what your kids can learn and memorize. From a very young age, kids are capable of memorizing scripture and repeating catechism answers verbatim. A catechism is a resource designed to teach Orthodox Christian doctrine in the form of questions and answers. A good catechism will teach the Ten Commandments, creeds, prayers, or theological tenets in a format that is easy to navigate. There are many options to choose from that can assist you and your children in learning the truths of God, comprehending them, and committing them to memory. Prayer must also play a central role in your family discipleship time. Your family can talk to God together. It is not complex or formal. It's simply interacting with God, praising Him, thanking Him, confessing sin, and asking Him for what you need using everyday plain language. It doesn't take special words or special lengths of time. Though you probably know you should pray together and that it doesn't have to be complicated, almost all of us would say, I'm a believer in Christ. I know I should pray, and I know how to pray, but I find my prayer life lacking. Knowing we should tends to lead to guilt as a motivator. We don't pray with our families out of guilt over forsaken duty or out of intimidation of a demanding God we've assumed is hypercritical. We pray because we need God, and we have been invited into His presence to commune with Him. When it comes to prayer, one of Jesus' motivations in teaching people was that they would not lose heart. Luke chapter 18 verse 1 Bible study and prayer are not the only ways of gathering your family around God's truth. Every family benefits from finding opportunities to live out the gospel together. Deployment is an important aspect of family discipleship. Family discipleship isn't just about learning Jesus' words, it's about practicing His ways. Following Christ cannot be relegated to small group or individual study, and training does not happen only through a lecture. When it comes to serving others, sharing the gospel, and making disciples of others, we want our kids to graduate from our homes being able to say, I've done that before, and not just, I remember hearing about this. Training children through family discipleship time requires not only study, but plenty of exercise. Family discipleship time is an opportunity to practice the one-anothers of the Bible and not just memorize and study them. Think about the needs that your family can address in your community side by side. Family practice looks like your family serving and sharing the gospel together. Family discipleship time is about cultivating spiritual maturity in your household through loving, 
gospel-centered relationships at appointed times. Although formal teaching can certainly play a significant role, it isn't exclusively about that. It's planned time that is dedicated to the spiritual growth of your family. You may utilize rhythms and gathering points that already exist in your household, like going to church services together, eating a meal together, commuting to school or work, getting ready for the day, or getting ready for bed. You might also want to establish a new rhythm, like a family game night, serving through a local nonprofit, a family Bible study, or a family service project. If major changes are needed in your family in order to start meeting together, they are changes worth making. You will face resistance from your children sometimes, maybe often. They will not want to gather as a family to talk about or live out the things of God. You cannot force your kids to become believers, but in your hopes that they would be, you can make family discipleship a non-negotiable. As hard as it might be, this is a hill to die on. With all grace and gentleness, consider making family discipleship time sacred and mandatory. Being a part of your family should mean being a part of regular gospel-centered gathering. In Our Homes In the Chandler House, our rhythms of family discipleship time are more varied than they are uniform. They change based on the season of the year or the season of life. During Lent, we have family conversations and updates on what we have given up for the season as we consider Christ's sacrifice. During Advent, we count down the days until Christmas with various related scripture readings. For most of the year, family devotions happen about once a week, and they are usually planned during a meeting my wife and I have every Sunday night to talk about our budget, calendar, and what's going on with the kids. While most family discipleship times for the Chandlers are unremarkable, at times we've stretched ourselves creatively. Once we turned our living room into a gargantuan fort. We must have used every blanket from every bed in our house and all the pillows in our living room to build a giant indoor fortress. Then we climbed inside, opened our Bible, and talked about how God is our strong tower. We had a great conversation about what that means for the Chandlers. It would be hard to do something like that every day, but there are easier things we can do, that require much less cleanup, to regularly get in touch with God and our kids' hearts. A more frequent part of our family rhythm is a game we call Low High, which is built around our family meal. At a Chandler family dinner, we go around our dining room table and give each family member time to talk about his or her least favorite part of the day and the most favorite part of the day. Not only do we learn what's going on with each other, but we often enter into spiritual conversations about what delights and what bothers us. It requires very little preparation, and it yields great results. But not all of our regular family discipleship times are this informal. Some take more planning. My wife and my oldest daughter, who is now a teenager, get together one-on-one -on -one once a week to read through a book of the Bible together. My teenage son and I get together weekly, too, in order to study and pray. Right now we are reading through some proverbs and answering questions about them. Then we go through a grid of questions related to friends, girls, sin, and sports. I also ask him what he thinks his mom and I could be doing better as parents. These regular rhythms of spiritual conversation, whether it's an appointment on the calendar or around some regular family rhythms like our meals, 
are some of the most important investments we make in our kids. The kids in the Griffin home are still in elementary school, so our most regular family discipleship times have not changed since our kids were born. Our times are built around our bedtime routine, so almost every night before we say goodnight, we follow a simple ritual of reading, sharing, singing, and praying together. We start by reading a story from the Bible. Now that our kids can all have deeper conversations, we follow that up with some applications and questions about the text. Then we all put our hands in the middle, and one or two of us prays. As our kids have gotten older, we have begun to assign them to pray and to ask for prayer requests. Then we all hold hands and sing a song, usually a benediction song or the doxology. As we conclude our family discipleship time, we hug each boy individually and recite a life verse that we chose for each one of them. These verses are their first to memorize, and they summarize some of our hopes for their lives. We look our oldest, Oscar, in the eye and say, Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 13 and 14. For Gus, it is King David's last words to his son and heir, King Solomon. Be strong, and show yourself a man, and keep the charge of the Lord your God, walking in his ways and keeping his statutes. 1 Kings chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. For Theodore, our youngest, we ask, He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, and to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? Micah chapter 6, verse 8. Then it's lights out, and good night. The Two Key Components of Time In order to have a sustainable practice of family gospel gatherings, you will need to incorporate both a consistent rhythm and intentionality. Rhythm Be steady designating the times with commitment and consistency. Intentionality Be studied, designing the times with planning and purpose. Family discipleship time requires a consistent rhythm. Exercising can help make a body stronger and faster, but only if you do it with discipline and consistency. The same is true for the spiritual strength of your family. One-off occasional family devotions are good, but they will not have the same positive cumulative effect on your child's training as gatherings done consistently. Family discipleship time should be something religiously habitual for your household. We recommend that spiritual leadership times be woven into what you're already doing, rather than adding more to your schedule. It is up to you to designate when your family will meet. Your family has a lot of rhythms. Work, sleep, school, play, showers, church, brushing teeth, haircuts, and more all happen in the context of your family's ordinary rhythm. Time spent in God's Word together best occurs as a normal part of everyday life for your household. It should not feel like a departure from the norm to have appointed spiritual conversations with each other. Of course, if this is a new rhythm for you, it may feel awkward or clunky at first, but persevere and it will soon be as natural a part of your life as everything else your family is used to. Deuteronomy chapter 6 asks you to be diligent in telling your kids these things. Diligent means you don't give up. Diligent means you are patient. 
Diligent means you don't compromise the truth just because it might make your child uncomfortable. Consistency reinforces the truths you are teaching. No human being, regardless of age, learns something by being told once and then never again. We teach over and over and over again. Getting it right the first time does not mean you're done. It means you have an opportunity for repetition. We diligently have conversations again and again. Consistency breeds clarity. Whatever works for your family, be it daily or weekly meetings, or something slightly more irregular, ten minutes at a go or an hour, it will take diligence and discipline to maintain it. The wherewithal required to sustain a regimen of meeting, especially when you face resistance, can be pretty mammoth. This is why it is essential that you understand the level of priority family discipleship time should have in your life and the strength and love of the God who empowers you for it. If you do not grasp how important this time is, you will easily find reasons to put it off, to quit, or to invest less than your best. Make family discipleship time normal. Doing your unique best at making these times happen regularly will be an important part of your faith legacy. Be relentlessly consistent. The easiest way to be consistent is to attach family discipleship time to something you are already doing. Utilize your bedtime routine, your commute, grocery shopping, a breakfast before school, lunch after church, or a regular family movie game night to engage in spiritual conversations. Family discipleship time requires intentionality. You don't start construction on a new home unless you have some blueprints. Every step of the process is guided by those plans. The foundation, studs, and bricks need to not only be put in the right place, but built in the right order. The goal is clear. Build a house. But accomplishing the goal requires great energy and intentionality to do it right. If you want to build a strong family, you will need a plan, and if you want to communicate that plan, you'll need to prioritize connecting. Project teams that fail to purposefully meet tend to drift from the plan. It's the same with every family. It's up to you to design the times you gather. Some parents believe, or at least operate as if they believe, that the discipleship of their kids will happen naturally or organically. Unfortunately, what they often mean is that their parenting philosophy involves expecting their kids to pick up sufficient spiritual wisdom and guidance without the parents themselves having to lend much deliberate leadership or thoughtfulness to the process. If you have ever seen the difference between a garden left to grow naturally and one that is tended, you know that an untended garden is a wild mess of weeds or a shriveled, lifeless desert. If your kids are left to grow naturally, their lives are much more likely to look like a vice-ridden thicket than a virtuous spiritual vineyard. In the same manner that a garden is nurtured with loving attention continually, removing the weeds, watering the roots, and pruning the branches, the spiritual maturity of your family should be well considered, calculated, and cultivated deliberately. Those hoping to start an orchard best do more than throw some apple cores into a field and cross their fingers. Regular time together centered around God will not just happen. You will have to make time for gospel conversations. Some versions of family discipleship are more spontaneous, and we'll discuss those in the next chapter as we discuss family discipleship moments 
But family discipleship time is different. It is proactive, not passive. It is planned. It is not impromptu. You don't stumble upon a chance to serve or study together on a regular basis. It will require purposeful premeditation. Intentionality will also require personal investment. Think honestly. Who is getting your utmost? Where do you expend your best efforts? You'd never think of coming into work late or cutting corners on a presentation to a big client, but many of us will wing it when it comes to the spiritual leadership of our homes. Many parents consider their occupations a great service to their family, which they are, but sometimes what we do for a living to provide for our family also deprives our families of our presence and attention. Someone has to win. Being intentional doesn't require much. Give even ten minutes of your week to planning and praying about what family discipleship time could look like, and you'll see the fruit that having purpose brings to your home. Jesus Planned Discipleship Times Jesus was not just a model for His disciples. He also consistently and intentionally taught them. Many of His lessons came in the form of sermons, parables, and teachings. He taught different sized groups at different times across a variety of topics and venues. Formal teaching at appointed times was a normal part of Jesus' ministry. In Matthew chapters 5 through 7, he taught a large crowd on the side of a mountain in what is known as the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew chapter 10, he commissioned his disciples for the work of ministry. In Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through 53, he sat down in a boat by the sea and taught a group of followers through parables. In John chapter 3, verses 1 through 21, he had a small, intimate meeting to talk theology with one man named Nicodemus, a man of the Pharisees. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 16, the disciples went to meet the resurrected Jesus at a place and time he had told them about. This is where he gave them the Great Commission. According to Luke chapter 22, verse 39, it was customary for Jesus to go to the Mount of Olives to pray with his disciples. At their request, he taught his disciples how to pray in Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. In Luke chapter 4, verses 14 through 30, we see that part of Jesus' routine was to go to a synagogue on the Sabbath, and sometimes he would even get up to teach from the Word of God himself. Many of Jesus' teachings were steeped in the words of the Old Testament. It was expected that from childhood, Jewish families would teach their children God's Word. Timothy, one of Paul's disciples, had been trained by his mother and grandmother to know the Scriptures. Paul points out to Timothy the legacy of faith he'd inherited. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now, I am sure, dwells in you as well. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. Paul tells him to continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. May your legacy be similar. You cannot passively train your children in the way they should go. They will not pick up on the doctrine of God by instinct. Be more than their caretaker. Be their teacher. Teaching Your Family 
Telling your kids something is nowhere near the same thing as teaching your kids something. Mark Twain is credited with saying, If teaching were the same as telling, we'd all be so smart we could hardly stand it. In other words, people tell each other a lot of things and consider that to be something taught or learned, but just because you tell your kids something does not mean they have learned it. This is as true in behavior as it is in sports, as it is in academics, as it is in spiritual matters. You can't teach someone to play the French horn by showing them a picture of one and telling them, theoretically, about how it would work if they had one. You can read all you want about how to do it and listen to hours of French horns playing, but you still have not been taught until you've tried it yourself and coupled instruction with evaluated practice. If you want to be a great teacher and trainer for your family, then it will require thoughtfulness with your methods. There's a big difference between telling and teaching when it comes to imparting truth to your children from the Word of God. In telling, the parent is thinking, what am I going to say? Whereas in teaching, the parent is considering, how can I help my child understand this? In telling, parents ask their children questions like, do you understand? And does that make sense? And are looking for a head nod. In teaching, a parent is asking things like, can you explain that to me? And what do I mean when I say? In order to evaluate their children's grasp of what's being taught and to get them to interact with the content. A positive result from telling is that children remember some of what the parents said. But a positive result from teaching goes beyond regurgitation to the ability to demonstrate, distinguish, and defend what they've been taught. Planning family discipleship time can first seem like it requires a lot of work, but if you are an effective teacher, the strategy should be squarely pointed at forcing your children to be the ones who are working through the content and practicing its implications for themselves, not you for them. This is how people learn best. You don't want them to just remember the true things you say. You want to find a way to lead them to the point where a true conclusion comes out of their own mouths without you having to put it there. Your goal is not just to feed them from the Word of God, but to teach them how to feed themselves. You are training them to not need you, but to recognize how they will always desperately need God. Every family would be served by a clear scope and sequence. Scope is everything you want to cover, and sequence is when and in what order. Many resources and curricula are designed to help you with family discipleship time content. There are several great catechisms, family devotionals, and various tools designed for different life stages that are both topical and scriptural. However, the best curriculum for your family will always be the Bible itself. Whatever you do, make sure that it is God's Word that your family is feeding from. Reading and talking about the Bible can be as simple as choosing a portion of text and then asking some questions. Consider the spiritual maturity level and mental capacity of each member of your family and plan accordingly. Depending on the cognitive ability or age of your children, you may have to accommodate your teaching by asking lower or higher level questions as you teach them God's Word. Here are some examples of lower level questions you might ask as you study the Bible together. These are the kind of things you'll ask after reading a section of Scripture together. What did I say about blank? How many blank were mentioned? What is blank? Or 
What is the definition of blank? What do you think about blank? Tell me about blank. Share an example of blank from your own experience. Explain why blank. If your kids are a little older or are ready for some higher level questions, you can use some of the following examples related to a section of the Bible you read together. How will this change the way you blank? How does blank apply to you? How can you demonstrate or practice blank in your life? If someone said to you, blank, how would you respond? What is the difference between blank and blank? Which of these is true, blank or blank? Where do blank and blank agree, and where do they differ? Which of these is the best course of action, and why? Make up a metaphor to explain blank. Share your vision for what blank would look like in our family. Using your own original words, restate blank. Come up with a plan to address blank. What makes blank better than blank? What are the advantages and disadvantages of blank? What does it look like for our family, or you individually, to follow Christ in what we read? Keep it fun and simple. One of the most important aspects of your leadership in these family discipleship times will be your intentional application of creativity. You don't want family discipleship time to be the biggest drag on your family's time together. You want it to be the highlight. As you plan, ask yourself the question, how can we have fun together in family discipleship time this week? What your family loves to do together might be the best way to build this time into your family's rhythm. If you love arts and crafts, create something in conjunction with your lesson. If you love to watch sports, maybe halftime is a locker room family discipleship time. If you love to eat together, maybe you could do devotions while you eat or cook something delicious. If you love movies, Pull some scriptural truth from a movie you watch together and talk about its application. If you love being outside, do family discipleship time in the park, while you walk, or on a boat. If you want to spice up a simple Bible narrative with young kids, act it out or make silly mistakes your kids need to correct. When Jesus discipled, he was often out and about. It was not in a classroom, and it was likely never boring. It's easy to keep it fun if you keep it simple, and family discipleship time can definitely be simple. Consider this basic formula, scripture, share, song, and prayer. First, choose a verse or section of scripture. It could be one verse or it could be a whole story. Ask some questions about what you read and share what it has to do with your life. For older kids, ask them to read ahead of time and come to family discipleship time with some prepared thoughts and questions. Sing a song from church. Singing is one of the easiest ways to leave scriptural truth echoing in the life of your children, and it's not just for small kids either. Don't underestimate the power of singing with your adolescents. Lastly, pray together. Maybe before you begin, you can talk about the needs of each person present and the needs of extended family and friends. You can all pray or rotate who prays. You can do this while you eat, get ready for bed, or as you move about your city. It's simple and easy to remember. Family discipleship time isn't limited to those times when your whole family is gathered together. If you are in a house with multiple kids, 
you want to take time to look at and listen to each one individually. Focusing on one kid can make a world of difference in sharing each other's hearts and lives. With younger kids, you can simply pick a night of the week when one child gets to stay up later than the rest for a special time with mom and dad. If your kids are older, you could pick a morning each week or each month for breakfast together to talk about what is going on in each other's lives and what you are learning from the Lord. Simple and fun. You can definitely do this without making it harder than it needs to be. Family discipleship time should be some of the sweetest and most regular memories in a young child's mind. How criminal if our family discipleship time is so dry that our kids dread it. Ideas for Family Discipleship Time Listening through the list of ideas in this chapter can be exciting or it can be intimidating. In your mind and heart, actively work against any feelings of discouragement or anxiety about opportunities lost or one more thing to put on your calendar. Daily Family Discipleship Time Ideas Family Meals Plan certain meals that you can share and even cook and clean up together. Pray together and guide the mealtime conversation toward the gospel and scripture. You could even add a reading, memorization, or family devotional to breakfast or dinner. Family Prayer At some point in the day, first thing in the morning, last thing at night, or on your drive to or from work, school, pray together. Bedtime Routine if you have younger children, gather them together before bedtime to read a Bible story. Choose a verse to pray over or with your children as you say good night. Family Commute As you drive the kids to school or activities, leverage your time in the car to sing together, pray together, or talk about how your family would like to see the gospel lived out today. Weekly Family Discipleship Time Ideas Family Night Plan a night that involves family, food, fun, and your faith. Movie night. Watch something together that could spark conversations while you eat popcorn, pizza, or ice cream. Most movies have a theme of rescue, heroism, sacrifice, friendship, redemption, or evil being defeated or converted. Use these as jumping-off points for a conversation about the gospel. Game night. Play a board game a card game, or a sport together, and then spend some time encouraging each other in the fruit you see the Spirit growing in each other, such as patience, kindness, self-control, or joy. Restaurant Night Take the family out for dinner and talk about what the Lord is doing in your lives. Seek opportunities to live out your faith in public, to love your server or the people you encounter while you are out. Worship Service Go to church services together and discuss what you remember or learned from the teaching after. Family Bible Study, Devotions, Worship Pick a devotional study, catechism, or book of the Bible, or write some family discipleship questions based on your pastor's sermon and study them together. Ask each other application questions related to the text. Sing worship songs together. Pray. Community Attend church, small group, or another form of biblical community with other families gathering together for the purpose of mutual edification, encouragement, and accountability. Weekly Family Traditions In general, 
Consider anything that your family does on a regular basis and think about how you might intentionally design the time for family discipleship. This could be just about anything. Watching your favorite show or sports team together, doing yard work, grocery shopping, laundry, and so on. Monthly Family Discipleship Time Ideas Service Find somewhere you can serve together on a regular basis. This could be serving a meal at a homeless shelter, helping a neighbor with housework, or serving on your church's greeting team together. One-on-one -on -one time. Make time for one parent to take out one child individually, to a movie, to a meal, or anything fun and special to that child. If you have more than one child, have a night of the week or month where one of your children receives complete and caring attention from you. Maybe you can let one of your kids stay up a little later for some special, focused time. Or you can do something special on the same day each month, like a note, a gift, or an activity. Guys Night or Girls Night Have the boys of the family do something with Dad or the girls with Mom on a regular basis to encourage and discuss biblical masculinity or femininity. Moms should engage with sons and dads with daughters in these discussions, too. Each brings a unique perspective to these conversations. If you're a single parent, consider how your biblical community might help you with this. Neighborhood Party have your neighbors' friends over regularly to foster a ministry of hospitality and evangelism with your kids. Conclusion Family discipleship time is creating intentional time built into the rhythm of the family's life for the purpose of thinking about, talking about, and living out the gospel. Regularly gathering your family around the study and practice of the Word of God should be one of your highest calendar priorities. Being consistent and purposeful in how you initiate those times will take some initial planning, but the habit of gathering will gain momentum and effectiveness the more ordinary and familiar it becomes. Take stock of what takes up your time and energy, and make sure that family discipleship time is getting some of your foremost attention. Questions 1. What personal relationship has had the most significant spiritual impact on your life? What was your time together like? 2. On a scale of 1 to 3, rate how much time and consideration your family gives to the following activities. Note, if you are listening to this with someone else, it is okay to have differing opinions and preferences on many of these things. 1 equals not enough time and consideration. 2 equals the right amount of time and consideration. 3 equals too much time and consideration. All family members have time to themselves. The whole family does something fun together. The whole family has an in-depth conversation together. We have fun spending time with people outside the family. We talk about the gospel together. We serve or worship together. The whole family eats meals together. The parent or parents plan time for when the family will be together. We work out participate in activities, hobbies, and or play sports. We work at our job or jobs. We sleep. We watch TV, read, play video games, and or listen to music. We build relationships with those who don't know Christ. We spend time with our biblical community. We manage conflict in a healthy way. If married, 
My spouse and I have time for just the two of us, without kids. 3. Now that you have finished the previous exercise, consider both the down times and the busy times of your household. What are the first words that come to mind? Where do you see healthy or unhealthy tendencies? Is there anything you would like to change? 4. When you think about your family's typical week, what rhythms do you identify? What are your gathering points when, where you are together? 5. Is there intentional time built into the rhythm of your family for discipleship? When? Where does it fall on your list of importance? Where should it be on that list? 6. Read Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 4 through 9. Looking more closely at verse 7, where do you see those times in your family's rhythm? Where are you intentionally and regularly talking about the things of God with your family? 7. In a busy house, it may be easier to be more purposeful with the time you already have than to add a new family gathering. Is there more you could do to take advantage of your family's time together for thinking about, talking about, and living out the gospel? How can increasing intentionality and planning in your current family gatherings make them better? 8. If your son or daughter asked you, Why are we doing this? How would you explain your hopes and goals for family discipleship time? 9. What times of your day, week, or month could you dedicate to family discipleship? How often will you do them? What's your rhythm? 10. What could help you keep the commitment to family discipleship times so that they are consistent, thoughtful, and intentional? Who will know your plan and hold you accountable by asking you about it? Using the following family discipleship time plan, design what you'd like a typical month to look like for your family discipleship times. Think about not just when, but also where, what, and who. Example Family Discipleship Time Plan Week 1. Sunday. Attend worship service together. Family game movie night. Monday. Bedtime. Read, pray, sing. Tuesday. Bedtime. Read, pray, sing. Wednesday. Bedtime. Read, pray, sing. Thursday. Family devotional. Bedtime. Read, pray, sing. Friday. Bedtime. Read, pray, sing. Saturday. Big Family Breakfast, One-on-One -on -one Time with Child Week 2 Sunday, Attend Worship Service Together Monday, Bedtime, Read, Pray, Sing Tuesday, Bedtime, Read, Pray, Sing Wednesday, Meet with Home Group Bedtime, Read, Pray, Sing Thursday, Family Devotional Bedtime, Read, Pray, Sing Friday, Bedtime, Read, Pray, Sing Saturday, Big Family Breakfast, Dinner with Neighbors. Week 3, Sunday, Attend Worship Service Together. Monday, Bedtime, Read, Pray, Sing. Tuesday, Bedtime, Read, Pray, Sing. Wednesday, Meet with Home Group, Bedtime, Read, Pray, Sing. Thursday, Family Devotional, Bedtime, Read, Pray, Sing. Friday, Bedtime, Read, Pray, Sing. Saturday, Big Family Breakfast. Week 4. Sunday. Attend worship service together. Monday. Bedtime. Read, pray, sing. Tuesday. Bedtime. Read, pray, sing. Wednesday. Meet with home group.
Bedtime, Read, Pray, Sing. Thursday, Family Devotional, Bedtime, Read, Pray, Sing. Friday, Bedtime, Read, Pray, Sing. Saturday, Big Family Breakfast.